In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm really good. I enjoyed this show, uh, this show last week and we've got it back again. We're just going room by room discussing the next three years of um, players on our roster, the future they have. It's what a real team's going to be doing when they're doing draft and free agency. So we thought we'd bring you the same level of detail here. Excellent. Last week, we started the week off with a Jeff. This week, we're starting off with another Jeff. It's Jeff Risden from the Browns Wire. Jeff, how are you, sir? Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure following all your work during the year um, on the Browns Wire. Always great articles. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We all do. <laughs> and, <fun>. today, <laughs> and today's show is all about the uh, three-year plan of the uh, D-line. So, uh, Jack, I'll leave it over to you. So we're going to start with the defensive ends first, or players that are sort of in that mix. So the obvious one I don't think we need to spend too long on. Garrett, he's nailed down for the next uh, three years. You've got two years in the fifth-year option. We're going to have that, so that's there. Um, next name, I'm going to flip over to Emmanuel Ogba, which could be an interesting one here because does he continue as our starting D-end? Does he move to the rotation in the D-end, or do we flip him inside to the three-tech? What do you reckon, Jeff? You know, that's a very good question. And I think some of it depends on what defense the team is going to run. Are they going to run a strict 4-3? Are they going to run some some odd man elements into it? You know, make sort of the hybrid defense that everybody is, is keen on. Because I, I do think Agbo would be great in that role as a five technique or a, a four I. I think that's where he's designed for. As, as the strong side defensive end in a 4-3, He's pretty good, but you can do a lot better with pass rush. He is not a guy who scares blockers with, with his pass rush. He, he can set an edge fine. He does pretty well in run defense. But as a pass rusher, they got to get somebody else who can do that. I, I like the idea of having him be in as the heavy guy and then have a light guy come in behind him as a 4-3. We'll see. We'll see what they do with him. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I, I would be surprised if he's here beyond this season. I think he's going to hit free agency next year and someone's going to be willing to pay him a lot more money than the Browns are going to offer. Obviously, you might have a banging year and that will change, but that's where I'm at at the moment. Guys, just a quick question. With um, Steve Wilkes now being uh, brought in or rumours that are looking very strong, would he play a different system to last year? Do you think? There's a chance he will. If you go back to when he was in Carolina as the defensive coordinator, they ran a 4-3 that was very similar to what Greg Williams did. Now, in Arizona, they were a 3-4 defense before he got there. Most of their personnel fit that better, so he sort of tried to incorporate both into it, and it didn't work, obviously. Um, then again, they didn't have a lot of talent. They didn't, they didn't have a Miles Garrett, uh, although Chandler Jones is pretty good. They, they didn't have the linebacking the, the way the linebackers are set up in Cleveland it is very well set up for a 4-3 defense. And I think that's – I think he's smart enough to, to not try to, to change the wheel overnight. Yeah, I think we'll start with a 4-3 um, as a base or maybe a 4-2-5. He might move to that. I think the, the interesting thing with Carolina that sort of 
waste is there was so much money and resources spent by Gettleman on the linebacker core that you almost had to play three because when you've used, used all that capital to have three fantastic linebackers, you're not going to start suddenly benching Luke Keatley for certain plays. So it sort of forced his hand. But now he's got the whole picture. I think we'll see a 4-3 or a 4-2-5 as more of a base. But you're going to see loads of packages and little things. So there'll be some plays where they mix it up. But uh, no, I'd expect to see that as sort of a standard. Thanks for explaining that, Jack. Carry on. Sorry, mate. So um, the next name going down the list, I'd say it's Chris Smith, who's tied in for the next two years, uh, um, 4.5 and 5 million. Um, if we were to cut, it'd be 2.3 this year, 1.2 next year. I think he can do a solid job as a sort of third, fourth, probably fourth defensive end in the rotation. Um, but if he can get some improvement, it wouldn't surprise me. What about you, Jeff? You know, he, he's a guy who can play all over the line, and I like the idea of having him as a, a reserve. Like you said, the, your third or fourth defensive end, he can be your fourth defensive tackle. If you go to your NASCAR speed rush package, he can kick inside. He's a solid player. He's probably a little bit overpaid, and that if the Browns get to a need where they have to cut some salary, he would certainly be one, but they are nowhere close to that yet. Yeah, I think it's just going to be one of them that if they get someone they really love in camp, they might move on. But I would expect him to be, at least be here the next year. Um, Chad Thomas is a name that uh, everyone's sort of still wondering. Um, you've got him for um, 900,000, 1.1 and then 1.3 million over the next three years. If you were to cut him this year, and uh, I think he's got to do something special in camp to still be on the roster, you're looking at 786 grand. Um, I think he's going to be a cap casualty. I agree with you. I don't see any reason why if he's a healthy scratch as a third round rookie on that defense where there's not a lot of depth. Um, and, and he is a guy, again, they tried to make him, they tried to move him inside in camp. It didn't work. He doesn't play end very well. He, 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 he talks about music as his passion all the time. If you ask him questions about what he wants to do, it, it's all music related. It's it, football never comes up. So I, I, I didn't understand the draft pick when they made it. I don't understand it now. And I'm hoping that they realize that good teams cut their losses quickly and act like a good team. Yeah, I think he's going to be out there. Um, one name that came in, and I, I think he's solid for me, he's our sort of 50 end and plays some special teams. And I, I'm a fan of always having five active DNs because I just think you need him on game day. Anthony Zettel, I think he, he's not he's not going to change the world, but as someone that can come in and just do a job and um, we've got him tied in for next year at 720 grand and then he's a free agent after that but uh, I, I think he's definitely got a solid shot of being on this roster oh definitely he's he's a high energy you know intense guy he's not fun to block he's very active with his hands he can he, he's another guy he can play inside he can play outside like you said he does play special teams pretty well definitely a a, a good low-priced guy to have at, at the bottom of your roster who can do a lot of things for you that that those guys are invaluable. So, yeah, he, he, I think he's definitely sticking. And here's a name that different people have got different things he wants to do. So it's Avery, tied in for the next three years at between 640 and 820,000. For me, he is our third D end. Um, I, I want to use him on the field. Yeah, occasionally drop him in at linebacker to rush from there. But he's not a coverage player for me, so I don't want him in that linebacker pair. I would have I want him in there at the end just stood up and rushing that passer but uh where do you see Avery oh he he's a good football player and I I liked what I saw 
I don't like him out in space. Uh, like you said, he's he's not a guy that you want going in reverse. He's a guy that you want pointing forward. You know, unleash him at the quarterback. Go get it. And uh, I, I like him. I, I like the idea of having him and, and Ogba sort of rotate until they find somebody better than Ogba or move him inside. I think that's a very good role for him because he's not a – I don't think he's an every-down player. I, I think at, at his size and, and with his he, – he's a guy he's, – he's one of those guys like – we used the example um, when I was with the Lions covering Ernie Sims. They called him, they called him Squirrel because – when when the when action would go on, he couldn't avoid not looking at it and reacting to it. And I think Avery is the same sort of way. Like it, it, he's focused on you know breaking down the screen pass, but he'll see the tight end just chip and he'll turn and stop and react to that, and then then the screen pass gets open. He does that in coverage. Yet he could learn from that, but right now, you know, unchain him at the passer, man. That's all, that's all you got to do, and he's good at it. Yeah, just love him on that feel when it's a when it's an obvious passing down. He's your pass rush specialist. Just just let him do what he does. And don't make it complicated for him. Just say, there's the quarterback, go at him. And uh, he's he's done fantastic at that, especially for a fifth-round pick. I love having him. I I think he's got a very bright future, but I I like the idea of spoon-feeding him and not not throwing too much at him. Uh, Jack, is he in the uh, D-line or is he in the uh, secondary team, though? Well, that's that's up to Steve Wilkes. For me, I'd have him in that D-end room. I would have your, your nine on your D-line, five of them DNs, and for me, he is DN number three on that list. He's not um, the all-round skill that you need to be the starter, but he can still play, let's say, 40% of snaps, uh, maybe 50% of snaps just coming on pass rushing, especially if you want to go to that full NASCAR package with four DNs on there or three in Okanjobi, then you can just let him unleash um, Potentially, if you move Miles Garrett inside to get even more leverage in there, then you can have him on the side edge um, causing havoc. And that's all he's going to do. It's just going to cause havoc, but it's got to be pass plays. So if we flip over from the DNs to the DTs, um, obviously the first name straight off the board is Ogan Joby. Um, tied in for the next two years at 1 million and 1.2 million before coming a free agent. He is our one tech and uh, it's just fantastic as he's that perfect balance of he's strong enough to deal with the uh, run, but he uh, sort of on a standard play, but he can get after the uh, quarterback. What do you think of that? He's a great player. I, I loved watching him grow and improve at, at everything that he does on the football field. He is, he was a guy that, you know, coming out of, of the college program that he did where there wasn't, you know, much experience. He was the first guy from, from his school. I think he's done fantastic. He's got the the attitude that you want. I think he's going to be – he's another guy that can play the one or the three if you need him to. I, I, I agree with you, though, Jack. I do like him as the one. And futures futures are so bright for this guy. I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can continue to do. I love him and Garrett on the same side because I think they can they can do some interplay on some rushes too. He, Ogunjobi has enough athleticism that they can do stunts and twists and, and games. And I, I – more, more, please. <laughs> Um, so the other name that on the DN line that's signed up for next year is Price, um, at seven hundred and twenty thousand. Then he's a restricted free agent. Then he's a free agent the year after that. In all honesty, I'm I'm not expecting him to be here. I don't think there's any dead cap attached to that. I think he'll be a cap a camp body, but uh, it would surprise me if he makes the roster. Yeah, he he was playing what three to five snaps a week when he was active. I'd- 
just don't see it. Yeah, that's that's where they're looking to upgrade right there. Yeah, um, Trayvon Coley is a um, exclusive rights free agent this year, a restricted free agent next year, and a full free agent in 2021. I'm not a fan. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we give him a non-guaranteed contract to come back and potentially compete for that sort of backup um, three tech. But in all honesty, I, I don't see even a point of bringing him back unless you're spreading your options with a roster of 90. Wow. You're, you're more down on him than I am. I, I see a guy who can be a valuable backup. But, uh, again, you're not going to overpay for him. He is an ERFA. He's, he's not going to go anywhere. It, it's worth keeping him. But, again, this is another position. This is the biggest position of need on the defense is, is that spot next to Ogan Joby. And uh, he couldn't do it as a starter. He proved that. Can he be the backup? That's that's what we'll find out this year. Uh, any idea what type of contract it would uh, cost us to uh, keep him for another year? Oh, it'll be somewhere in the region of, um, off the top of my head, I, I think you're looking probably around that 720,000 mark. It's, it, I think it'll be slightly under that as a uh, ERFA, but um, no, it's, it's, it's pittance and it's, they're not guaranteed anyway. So you bring them back, you, you run them out for camp. You hope to find someone better, but if not, he probably hangs around. Um, f- obviously, uh, there's four more names. Um, Lenny Jones, Devaro Lawrence, Daniel Ekuwale. Us two are useless at names here, so thank God we've got someone that actually knows what's going on. And then Mason Gentry. Wow, Mason Gentry is news to me. I forgot that he was on the team. Um, of those guys, Lawrence Lawrence does have experience. He came from the Saints, played a little bit. I, I think he's probably got the best shot of any of those guys, but uh, I, I wouldn't expect them to last more than the – some of them might not even make it to preseason. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm not high on any – Lawrence, again, this is a guy that they did make an effort to acquire, so that shows some level of commitment on their part. But uh, I wouldn't expect to see him play. Yeah, so I think looking looking at the room there for me, you've got your starting D end in Miles Garrett. You've got your third and fourth and fifth in sort of Avery Smith and um, Zettel, um, and then on your D line for me, you're starting one tech Ogan Joby. Um, I would say I, I'm willing to give him a shot. I'm starting three tech in um, Emmanuel Ogba. I want a backup three tech, and also I want to I want to go out and get a someone on the smallest possible contract or a late round draft pick that is just not Danny Shelton, but a massive run stuff in one tech who's just not going to pressure the passer, but just in obvious rushing downs. I just want some big fat man to run out there. You've, you, want, but, you want the immovable object in the middle of the line. Exactly. I move Ogunjobi to the three tech in them situations because he's going to be bigger than someone like Ogbra or someone else. And, yeah, they'll only play, hopefully, say, five tops, ten snaps a game. But that's fine. I just want them out there for that small moments. But the smallest amount of cap, I don't want to use a, um, a sixth or seventh round pick or a basement free agent. That, that's what I want. I just want one of that. I want one fat man. <laughs> I'm with you on that. But um, also, there's one more uh, D lineman we're paying this year. Carl Nassib gets a nice 222,000 in dead cap, which I wish he was still here. I think he's a fantastic player, but uh, 
that's happened now. It's in the past, but uh, that's just a note of uh, there's still a little bit of money to pay in this year. So, on to... Oh, Paul? Yeah, just a quick question, uh, Jack. If we, um, if we take a DE in the uh, first round, for example, or second rounds, who could you see uh, getting cut out of the, them guys there? Well, I think if you take one in the first or second round, that means you're moving Ogba inside. Um, so, Ogba, there's not really going to be a trade market for him, I think, for the pure reason of there's quite a few free agents and there's a massive talent in the draft. So, most people are getting something there. So, you're just going to keep him as a depth um, rusher this year. Um, but I just I can't see him getting extended because he's going to get decent money. But why would we give him decent money when we've got... Avery coming through. We've got others coming through and we're probably going to address it in the draft at some point here. Um, you're just going to move on and let someone spend money. And he's a solid player, but he's not what we need. So we can definitely make room for a big uh, DE in the draft. Oh, if, if we get hold of a top three tech or top D end or even one of each, there is easily the space in there because if you sort of, you get one big name in free agency or you draft one in one's round one and two, you're putting a D end opposite Miles Garrett to start. You put in a top three tech next to um, Ogba, uh, sorry, next to Ogan Joby to start. And then Ogba's just rotating in, Avery's rotating in. And it also, it allows you the two of um, Smith's rotating in there. You need them options. I would say you've got to have six to eight players that can constantly get out there and pass rush. As the Eagles proved, once they had some injuries, suddenly the quality of that uh, D-line really started deteriorating, just even in one game. Okay, excellent. Thanks for answering that, Jack. No worries. So if we jump onto possible free agent names, obviously it's still a bit early to see who's getting re-signed, who's not. Um, for me, the one big name out there that I think will be a free agent, and I've stuck with this all the way through, even though he might hit free agency and then re-sign back with his team, is Trey Flowers. While I'm not endorsing going out and spending sort of 15 million a year on a pass rusher, Trey Flowers has had a cracking year. Oh, he's a very good player. And I like the fact that he's another guy with some, some scheme versatility. If Steve Wilkes wants to go to an odd man front, he can do that. If you want to play 4-3, he can play either side end. Uh, great player. I, I do think he's probably going to get more coveted by other teams who need an alpha pass rusher, and the Browns don't need that. They have Miles Garrett. But, uh, yeah, man, he, he, looked, he looked really good in the dog pound. My goodness. Yeah, and I just think if, with the Patriots, they've got a history of they don't like paying that top pass rusher because it is an incredible amount of money. Um, the only reason way I think they would offer and pay him is if Brady was to retire this year, which I just can't see happening. Um, they've got Trent and Brown. They've got to pay at left tackle as well. And who are you going to care for more? A pass rusher in a pass-heavy, uh, pass-rushing draft or a left tackle where there's not that sort of replacement level. So I think Trenton Brown gets re-signed and uh, Trey Flowers is allowed to test the market. And then he might go back to New England and take the cheaper deal. But I think he's available. Is there any other names out there that are exciting people just on the, the DM room at the minute before we flip to defensive tackles? You know, I, I think that the big name is Frank Clark um, from Michigan, now, now with Seattle. I think they're going to franchise tag him. It sounds like that's, that's their plan. He is a guy who would be fantastic. He carries some off-field baggage from his time um, in the draft process, actually. But he's proven to be a very good player. He's kept his head on straight since he's been in Seattle, a, a dynamic speed pass rusher. And I think he and, and Avery could combine together to be a lot of fun. But uh, 
I, I think he's probably not going to be available. Some of the other there's there's guys that are out there. Um, if you're looking for an injury reclamation project, Ezekiel Ansa from Detroit is a guy who would be great in the Agba role. I think he's a more dynamic Agba, uh, but he's had shoulders problems. He might not even be ready to play this year. He he had a massive shoulder injury late in the season. So he he's if you can get him cheap and not have to depend on him, you're probably fine. Um, you're looking at some other guys. Um, Old guys, Cameron Wake, Brandon Graham, those guys are, are at the end of their careers. They're probably chasing rings, which means that if they're interested in signing in Cleveland, that, that shows you what the perception of the Browns is, and that's probably a good thing. But uh, I, 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 maybe, maybe one of those guys signs on if they can't find a better, more prominent role somewhere else where they would start. Because I, I don't think that any of these guys would start other than Clark. You know, that, that, that their role, they understand that their role here would be to, to, keep miles garrett from having to play 90 percent of the snaps again because that would be that would be a very nice thing if he if he got down to the the 70 percent range would, would be fantastic yeah and that's for me I'll, with them past all them players on the d-line i never want to see a starter playing over 66.6 percent of the snaps two-thirds where i set that line of if you keep them at two-thirds they're going to be so fresh that they can go out there so give me the two starters at 66 percent and then give me the two backups at D-end getting sort of 40% because you'll drop inside and do different packages. And then in the middle, sort of three of them each at sort of 60%. And then you're in the realm where everyone's fresh. Obviously, if someone gets an injury, someone's other snaps is going to increase. But during the game, unless you get an injury in that game, just have the nice balance of players constantly going. Because if they're fresher, they can hit the quarterback quicker. And that just ups the quality of that defense. Totally with you on that. I, I would love to see the that that limit with. And I think Garrett can play a little bit more than that, but to keep him super fresh, I'm, I'm with you on that. The 66 percent range is is beautiful. So if we flip over to the DTs, uh, Grady Jarrett is the big name, but um, all the noise out of um, Arizona, not Arizona, Atlanta, yeah. is that um, he's getting re-signed. Um, so any names out there that interest people, Paul. Shot me a name earlier that I accidentally missed off the list. Uh, Henry Anderson from the Jets. He's been uh, on a bit of a sack run over the last few games. And, um, yeah, I think he's about seven sacks this season. He's playing in and out most games. Contract around three million at the moment. I wonder if Greg Williams would like to keep someone like that. He does play 3-4. But, um, yeah, Jack, any views? Um, I... I haven't heard that much about him. I've looked it up, 16 games, but three starts. But that, that doesn't bother me in that angle. Um, 35th rated um, interior defender from PFF, only 27.4. And as anyone that listens knows, I hate signing players once they're over 28 um, in free agency. Um, so on paper, it looks good. I don't know enough about him. Jeff, any interest in him or any other um, defensive tackles out there? He is sort of like Emmanuel Agba, except instead of – they're about the same size, but except where Agba tries to be power-oriented, Anderson tries to go for more for speed. But, but he, he was oddly effective this year. He's a guy that he washed out with the Colts. He, he was okay. He never lived up to their, their draft expectations. I believe he was a second-round pick out of Stanford. I think it's the third round, yeah. Third, third round, okay, yeah. But just – he he got hot at the end of the year, like you said. I I'm not sure that that's sustainable for him. He's a solid player. He w- he would make the Browns better, but for for what cost? I think they can probably do a little bit better elsewhere. And he is 
he is much more geared to be a a three four guy than a four three guy. Now, if Wilkes wants to go three four, then then by all means, he's he's a much more appealing candidate then. Interesting. Any other names out there? Sort of, is there a starting three tech anywhere um, that we can find, or even a backup that might take a, a reasonable deal um, to come in and push Trayvon Coley for the job? Oh, it's there's not a lot out there, man. It's it's not a great year in free agency to get the big guys. I'm there could be some old guys, which I know would would repel you. <laughs> I, do we really want Haloti Nada? Um, Ricky Jean Francois, I'm, that, that's that's probably what you're looking at. Jack, one name you're going to love, Jonathan Hankins. He's available. Jonathan Hankins is is someone that I was up for adding this season. Not so much as interested oh, uh, this season coming up. I know you got excited and saw his name, but uh, he, he was definitely someone I really wanted to add because if you'd have had him and sort of. Um, Trevon Coley fighting for that position, it would have given a little bit more to it. But uh, no, I, th- I think it's a case of Sheldon Richardson is sort of a maybe um, in there. But uh, for me, if Trey Flowers is available, go for the big one. Um, if, if you're going to blow some cap, let's do it on a big player. I'd rather have one great player than three okay players at this point. The roster's looking really tasty. So uh, no, I, I wouldn't be annoyed if we blow the big bucks and Trey Flowers is our left defensive end. You know, I, I like that philosophy that you just laid out there, Jack. This team is ready to go and, and get, instead of needing a lot of players, they need, they need one impact player. I like that, that shift in philosophy. Yeah, and no, I hate spending free agency money, but uh, if you're going to get me Trey Flowers, I will, uh, I will let, it, let it go this time. <laughs> Jack, what do you think uh, Trey Flowers would cost? He's on about two mil at the moment. Uh, it's the end of his rookie deal. So um, I reckon somewhere in the 15 million, maybe. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's what my guess would be. I, I haven't sat there and sort of benchmarked it against much else, but it could be more. I think the only thing, keeping it down, um, and it might get a little bit lower, is just there's so many prospects in the draft um, that could uh, work in our favour because there's, there's no issue with you sign Trey Flowers and then you draft a three-tech in the first round and suddenly that D-line is looking very, very tasty. Maybe in the second you take a cornerback or um, we'll talk more about the free agents out there later. But uh, there's some prospects there. So uh, it's, it's an exciting time. And if, if we're going to go out and be bold, get me a pass rusher. Don't get me a washed-up wide receiver. Ooh. And Jack, can we afford... Uh, you know, you're very anal about your cap space per position. Um, yeah, you'd have no problems just going, right, 15 million for uh, Flowers, yeah? If, if we're signing one and drafting one um, high up, then that's perfectly fine. Um, because say you put him on a three, uh, say we do three years, 45 million. Um, that's the deal, boom, done. Then you then decide at the end of that deal, do you keep Flowers or do you keep um, Garrett? And then you're just going to move one of them on, and that's fine. And you just let them battle it out. Whoever's the best, I'd say it's going to be Garrett better than Flowers at the end of that. And obviously, he'll have age on his side. But if, if you sit there and have Trey Flowers for three years, that's perfect. Allow him to move on. He can then go get that one last big contract, and we're not held with it. So while you've got Garrett on, it's cheaper. He's, he's still in the 10 million range. But that, that is the sort of pairing you can do to uh, go crazy on the D-line. That's been a fantastic show. Thank you so much to Jeff for joining us. 
Um, make sure you go over the Browns Wire. Great news source for loads of stuff going on. Um, so go check them out. Make sure you go and follow him on Twitter. It's at Jeff Risden. Um, brilliant guest. Um, follow Paul at PaulBrown underscore UK. Follow me at Jack Duffin. Um, but make sure you go and rate and review the show. Subscribe. It helps us out massively, guys. We're coming back with more shows. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know, confirm what we're doing position next week. We might have a play around and um, see which one you guys want most. Um, but no, it's, it's exciting times. We've got a fantastic show coming up tomorrow as well. Um, it was filmed on my birthday. It was a special birthday treat for me, and I can't wait to bring it to you. Anything else to add, Paul? Yeah, sure. So we had a really nice guest on, uh, uh, Jeff, and then Jack started talking about spending all the cap space, and basically Jeff fainted. So, Jeff, can you just let us know that everything's okay? I know Jack doesn't normally go crazy and talk about spending so much cap space, but it's going to be all right. Come around and let us know you're okay. <laughs> Time for the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs>